Last Sunday, I shared with you a message that I entitled, Come Back, Come Back. It's based on Hosea in the Bible, chapter 12, verse 6. Our wonderful associate minister, Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar O'Shea, had been leading us in a full study of the book of Hosea for several months. And we, we came to the end of that study just very recently. But when we came to Hosea chapter 12, verse 6, and I read the verse, I said to myself, this verse summarizes all of Hosea. And that verse says, Hosea 12, verse 6, it declares, So now, come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. Why don't you read it with me from the screen? So now, come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. Last week, I shared with you part one of this message, and in a moment, we're going to get into part two. And uh, we focused, to begin with, on the first truth, which was, come back to your God. Come back. The, the situation in Hosea, back in the 700s BC, before Christ was born, situation was that the Jewish people were repeatedly wandering away. They were wandering away from God for all kinds of reasons. And Hosea, a prophet of the Lord, was repeatedly saying to them, you've got to come back. You've got to come back. Stop your wandering. Stop walking away from God. Stop turning your backs on the Lord who has helped you throughout your lifetime." And so this theme of come back to your God was preached uh, again and again by Hosea. And it's a message really that applies to all of us in this day and age as well. You'll see in Hosea 12.6 it says, So now come back to your God. Uh, the contemporary English version says, So return to your God. Hosea chapter 14, verse 1. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Another prophet by the name of Joel, chapter 2, verse 13, says, Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled, filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. And in part one of the message, I talked with you about some reasons why people sometimes wander away from the Lord. And the, the first reason that we talked about last week was because sometimes people get involved in sin, all right? That's one of the reasons why people wander away from God. People get involved in different sins. Hosea chapter 14, verse 1 says... For your sins have brought you down. Isaiah, the prophet, 59, chapter 59, verse 2 says, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sin, he, God, has turned away and will not listen anymore. 
And, and Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Mercy. All right, stick with me. One of the sins which the prophet Hosea clearly spoke out against was, of course, murder. Murder. Uh, people were being murdered in Hosea's day for all kinds of unfortunate reasons, as is happening nowadays. And in the last message, in the last message, I spent some time on this topic. Since presenting that message, I learned about the Buffalo News headline, which read, Buffalo's worst mass shooting takes 10 lives, leaves three wounded, attack called a racially motivated hate crime. And by the way, for our online viewers, some who live in other countries who are watching, Buffalo is, the city of Buffalo, New York, is only about a two-hour drive from Toronto. Now, according to the Buffalo Police Department, of the 13 people shot, 11 were black folk, black people, and two were white. The guy who did the shooting was caught, fortunately, was caught by the police, and he turned out to be a white 18-year-old young man. The investigators collected evidence showing, showing, quote, racial animosity was behind the attack. The only reason this guy shot these dear people was because of his hatred for black people. He went to this black community, a black shopping center, grocery store. I, I appreciated what the United States President Joe Biden said about the terrible shootings. I don't know if you saw or heard him say this, but here's what President Biden said. He said, quote, a racially motivated hate crime is abhorrent, abhorrent to the very fabric of this nation. Any act of domestic terrorism, including an act perpetrated in the name of a repugnant white nationalist ideology, is antithetical to everything we stand for in America. Hate, hate must have no safe harbor. Hate must have no safe harbor. Okay, my friends, I want to make sure you understand this. I do not mean in any way to trivialize, to trivialize the tragic deaths of 10 dear people and the injury of three others in Buffalo by what I'm about to say. Okay. I want to be careful not to oversimplify, if I could put it like that, but here are some truths that I believe can help prevent a tragedy such as happened in Buffalo, New York last weekend. I understand that life is not always 
One, two, three, four, five, six, very simple. I understand that. But I, 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 want, I, want to, I want to ask you to give attention to what I'm about to share with you here in the sanctuary and online viewers because I really believe that when we put the truths together that I'm about to speak about, it can make a big difference in saving people's lives in the long run. Okay? All right? So, so, here are some things that I believe all of us, or at least most of us, can do to help prevent the kind of tragedy that happened in Buffalo last week. Okay, here, here we are. I hope some of you will take some notes and that you'll talk about these things with, with your family, with, with others. Number one, number one. Um, technicians, you don't, have, you don't have these points in your system there, so don't wonder where, where you can find them. Number one. Pray for your children and grandchildren and other people's children to grow up loving people, loving people of any race, color, culture, language, or economic level. Amen? Okay. Listen, listen. You and I have to take this seriously. You and I have to regularly pray Pray for our children, whether it's your son or daughter or your grandson, granddaughter, other people's children. When you saw these babies uh, brought up here this week, listen, this week, you, you, you may not know those little children, those babies that were brought up to the platform, but I ask you to pray for them. Pray for them and say, dear God, Help those little babies to grow up, to grow up loving people, whether they're black or white or red or whatever, whatever culture they might come from, whatever language they speak of or speak in, right? So pray for those little babies that they're going to grow up appreciating and loving whoever, whoever becomes a part of their lives. Amen. That's number one. Number two, number two. Parents, when you hold birthday parties for your children, and it's wonderful that a lot of parents hold birthday parties. Okay. When you hold birthday parties for your children, invite boys and girls of all races and cultures to help your child learn that it is good. It is good for them to, to have different kinds of friends and, and that race or culture should not matter. Okay? We have to start when they're young. We have to start when they're young. So, you know, and it was simple things like birthdays. Make sure, or at least try, try to have children from their school, from the neighborhood, of the different cultures and races, and that can help them to develop the right attitude, the right spirit as they're growing up. Number three, number three, make sure that you as an adult, you as an adult are not showing prejudice. You and I 
have to model love and acceptance for our children and youth. And it's amazing, it's amazing how even little kids will pick up, they'll pick up stuff, Bobita, don't they? It's amazing how they'll, they'll, they'll pick up stuff that you're not even aware of, you're not even thinking about, because they're watching and listening. I don't, I don't know if I told you, um, just a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago I, I was taking our five-year-old granddaughter somewhere, and uh, here is this little five-year-old grandchild of ours sitting in the car seat, in the back seat. And I'm in the front seat, of course, and I'm driving, and this little, little girl, she says to me, she calls me Dedo. Dedo is the Macedonian word for grandfather. I've told you that before. She, you know, she notices how I'm driving. And she, and, and this little girl says, she says, Dedo, two hands on the steering wheel, please. <laughs> no kidding. I, I, I often drive with two hands, but uh, for a moment there, I, I was just driving with one hand, and she's watching, and she tells me, two hands on the steering wheel. I, I don't know where she learned that from. I don't know from her father or mother or from her grandmother. I, I, I don't know. But uh, uh, her name, by the way, is Everly. Everly, and she's just a bundle of joy. Some of you have met her. Uh, she's just a real sweetheart. But it, it just kind of reminded me that these little ones pick up on stuff that you might not even be noticing. How true that is, isn't it? Yeah, okay, okay. So that, that's number three, that you know, we, we have to model love and acceptance. Number four, number four, truth. Okay, monitor what kinds of sites, S-I-T-E-S, your child looks at on the internet, okay? Monitor what kinds of sites your child looks at on the internet. Now, those of you who are super tech savvy, is that the correct way of me saying it? Oh, I got the thumbs up from my wife. Yes, okay. All right, I passed. Now, listen. Unfortunately, on the internet, on the internet, there are people... And there are groups called white supremacists who basically teach other people to hate black people. It's crazy, you know? There, there, are, there are other groups, there are other groups who, who teach people to hate white people or to hate other specific groups of people. It is, it is crazy to me that there are groups in the United States and Canada and, and in other countries who literally, literally promote hatred towards one group of people or another. I have a hard time understanding why people would spend their time doing that. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know? You know, I, I, I went to post-secondary education for seven years, 
plus additional courses and education since then. And, and some things I still don't understand. Do you understand some of this stuff? No? Okay. Parents, parents, do your best to prevent your children and youth from spending time on the hate sites on the internet. That means you've got to tune in to what they're watching, what they're doing. Now, if you discover that your children or youth insist on going to those hate sites, if you discover that, I suggest, I suggest you call the police before, before your son or daughter does something horrific like, like the 18-year-old young man who just committed the worst mass murder in Buffalo's history. You know, I thought, did the parents not notice any signs of this kid developing like this? I don't want to blame the parents. It's tough enough being a parent. Sometimes it's even tough being a grandparent, you know? Especially when your five-year-old granddaughter tells you you're not driving right. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, by the way, of course, I know that it is possible to have people of any age commit these mass murders. On uh, Sunday, May 15, a gunman, gunman attacked a lunch banquet at a Taiwanese, Taiwanese church in Laguna Woods, California, killing one person, maybe others have died since then, I'm not sure, killing one person and wounding five others before he was tackled and hogtied. The news, the news said that the pastor hit the gunman with a chair. Give a cheer for the pastor, all right? Give a cheer for the pastor. He clobbered him with a chair. The guy deserved it. Way to go, pastor. I don't know that minister, but it's good to hear that we pastors can stand up for stuff like that and take care of people, you know? In, in, in grocery stores as well. <laughs> so those of you who were here last Sunday might appreciate what I just said there. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the news anyway said the pastor hit the gunman with a chair when the shooter paused to reload his weapon. And then other members of the congregation tackled him. Oh, way to go. Way to go. Okay. The shooter apparently turned out to be 68 years old, and the last I heard, he did what he did on account of his hatred toward Taiwanese people. You know? Why? Doesn't make sense? All right. I want to go back. I want to go back to talking about some of the principles that can help prevent a tragedy such as happened in Buffalo. And I, I spoke about, number one, praying for your children. Number two, when you hold birthday parties, invite children of all races and cultures. Number three, make sure you as an adult are, are not showing prejudice. Number four, number four, monitor what kinds of sites your child looks at on the internet. And here's number five, number five. Don't let, don't let your children or youth play 
video games where they are shooting, repeatedly shooting people or shooting animals. Why do I say that? Why? Because playing those kinds of games can desensitize a child, a youth, or an adult. Playing those kinds of shoot 'em up games can desensitize any person. Here is the definition of desensitize. Okay, here's the definition, what, what it means. It means to make someone less likely to feel shock or distress at scenes of cruelty, violence, or suffering by overexposure to such events. That's, that's what it means to become desensitized. So, children, youth here in the sanctuary, watching online, listen, if you are viewing any kinds of programs, any kinds of sites, games, where there is the repeated shooting of people, shooting and killing of animals, Stop playing those games. Don't, don't bother with them. There are plenty other normal, if I can call them that, normal, helpful games you can play. Go back to Monopoly. All right? Don't play these terrible shoot 'em up games. They're not good for your mind, they're not good for your heart. You become desensitized. All right. Here's a sixth truth that can help. Bring your children and youth to church where we can teach them to show love and kindness and respect for people of all races and cultures, all right? Whether it's Rosewood Church of the Nazarene or other church, Christian churches, whether it's Nazarene or Baptist or Pentecostal or Anglican or uh, Alliance or all, all kinds, Free Methodist, uh, Salvation Army, okay? Christian churches are committed to helping, helping children, youth, and adults to love, show love and compassion and kindness and, and, and acceptance. Now, that doesn't mean we accept every sin that comes along the way, but, but we want to teach a spirit of love and kindness and goodness. Amen? Amen. Number seven, number seven, vote. Vote for politicians who are in favor of making it more and more difficult for people to buy guns, rifles, and machine guns. Stick with me. It, it really boggles my mind how 
especially in the United States of America, every year there are so many mass murders committed by people who can buy even machine guns, even machine guns in their local gun stores. It's ridiculous. Listen, who, who, Anthony, who in the world needs a machine gun? Right? Bill, who in the world needs a machine gun? Answer. This, this side here looks really bright today, really bright. Who needs a machine gun? Answer. No one. I knew you were bright. But that section's bright too. Okay? No one needs a machine gun. Yet, yet politicians have continued to say with gun lobbyists that, quote, the right to keep and bear arms in the United States is a fundamental right protected by the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution. Wow. I mean, two presidents back, that dear, that dear president, President Obama, tried very hard to stiffen up the rules and regulations so that people could not buy rifles and machine guns. And even the president had difficulty getting all the politicians to agree to what, to what someone like myself seems very simple and obvious, something that needs to be done. All right? And, and let, let me show you how this subject of guns and, and rifles is so ingrained, so ingrained in the minds of even Christians in the United States, and I'm not just picking on the United States, we've got our own problems here in Canada, okay? But let me show you how this thing about guns and, and rifles is so ingrained, even in the minds of Christians in the United States. Not long ago, a pastor friend of mine in the United States retired from pastoring, okay? He was retiring from pastoring. And when he retired, when he retired, can you guess what kind of a gift his church gave him, what kind of a gift his church gave him for his retirement? Okay, this section. What kind of a gift do you think they gave this retiring pastor? Huh? Vacation. No. No. They, let's see if this section does any better. Okay. What kind of a present do you think that congregation gave this retiring pastor? They gave him what? A rifle. A rifle. That's right. They gave him a rifle. They gave him a rifle. Brand new rifle. Listen, when I retire 80 years from now, do not give me a rifle, okay? Don't give me a rifle. I think someone there said they maybe gave him a Bible. Give me a Bible to go in the casket with me. No, that's not a good idea either. Anyway, 
It would be a waste of a Bible. Okay? All right. So, okay. The bottom line is, whether it is in Canada, the United States, or in any country, vote for politicians who will prohibit the sale of guns, rifles, machine guns, and uh, other dangerous weapons. That's simple, isn't it? Why is that so hard for, for countries to do? Very simple. <laughs> My dear sister here said money. You're probably right. You're probably right. Okay? I, I've been talking about what you and I can do to help prevent mass murders such as happened in Buffalo last weekend by an 18-year-old young man. Okay. I gave you seven principles, seven principles that can help reduce the heartbreak of a mass murder. All right? Now, the truth is, I could give you more, and you could add two to the list, but, but if I give you any more, my wife is going to beat me up. She'll, she'll, she'll say, she'll say you, 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 talk about, you talked about that too much. Okay? That some of you others will complain as well, because I know how some of you are. Okay? So I'll move on. I'll move on. All right. In my message last week, under the sin of murder, which the prophet Hosea spoke out against, I brought up the important subject of abortion, which is the murder of babies before they are even born. It just occurred to me, you know, I thought, wow, it's so, so beautiful to see these little babies up on the platform here today and on other occasions, all right? Uh, in last week's message, I, I told you that every year, I mean, this shocked me when I discovered these facts. It just shocked me because I hadn't read them for, I don't know, quite a few years, I guess. I told you last week that between Canada and the United States, Every year, every year, there are about one million abortions. One million abortions. I preached last week some very strong truth about abortion. And I stand, and I stand by what I said, and I stand by what the Bible says regarding abortion. I stand by it. If you didn't hear what I said this week sometime, go to the Rosewood Church website and listen to that message, okay? The only regret that I have about what I said last week is that when I talked about abortion, due to time concerns, I did not take, I did not take time to tell you what I believe about how you and I need to respond to anyone, to anyone who has had an abortion. If you, excuse me, if you or someone in your family, if you have had an abortion, I want you to know this. 
I want you to know the following. Please, please listen carefully. I want you to know, number one, God loves you, and we love you. All right? God loves you, and we love you. Whether you are the woman or the the man involved in that abortion, God loves you, and we love you. Number two, number two, I want you to know, if you have prayed and asked God to forgive you for having the abortion, God has, God has forgiven you. God says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God has forgiven you. Now, now, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Number three, number three, put behind you what has happened in the past. That's right. Put behind you what has happened in the past. In the Bible, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he says this. He says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. My friends, put behind you what has happened in the past. Here's a fourth truth that I want you to know that can help you. If you are still hurting emotionally from having had an abortion, if you contact me, Pastor Nick, here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 416-298-9932, The email is office at rosewoodchurch.ca. If you contact me, we will try to have one of our loving staff or a loving, competent layperson try to help you. Or it might be that we will need to direct you to a specialized counselor. We will, of course, keep your your situation private. We love you. We love you. And we just want to try to help you, whether you are younger or older. Amen.
That's all. We don't want you or anyone to live with, with pain in the heart if somehow we can assist you. Well, my friends, I have a whole lot more I could say today. And uh, the technicians are back there thinking, boy, Pastor Nick, you have all these notes. All these notes you had us put into the computer system and you haven't even gotten to half of it, half of it. I know that's what they're thinking back there. But uh, I think today I'm going to wrap it up and I'm sure some of you are thinking, praise God, amen. <laughs> oh, I have so much more great truth, but I'll have to save it for some other time. But my friends, remember now, remember, Joel 2.13, the prophet Joel says, Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. If for whatever reasons you have wandered away from the Lord, return, return to the Lord. As Hosea 12, 6 says, So now, come back to your God. Come back to your God. And that can include, that can include you saying, Dear God, forgive me of my sins. I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus, your son, died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And so, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. And for whatever reasons, I've, I've ignored you, I wandered away from you, or I never, I never was committed to you. Lord, on this day, I turn my heart towards you and I commit my life to you, dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I want to live my life devoted to you. And I thank you, Lord, for the promise of heaven. Let us pray. If this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, would you pray it right where you are? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Yes, Lord, I've made some big mistakes along the way. And for whatever reasons, I, I wandered away from you or I did my own thing without giving much attention or any attention to Jesus. And today, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And I dedicate my life to you. Come into my heart. 
by your Spirit. Come into my life and make me and mold me into the person you want me to become. And thank you, Lord, for the promise of heaven. I am yours, Lord. I am yours. I want to live my life devoted to you. And Lord, Lord, I pray that you would help me with the special hurt that I am living with. Lord, touch my, my hurting heart and assist me to gain victory over the hurt that I wrestle with. Lord, you're the only one who knows about it. But I know you love me and you want to help me. And so I come honestly before you for the help that you alone can give to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.